1: It's Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Lakers Talk is on the air. On 710 ESPN.
2: If the Lakers aren't in the NBA Finals against the Brooklyn Nets, something happened. Either it was injury, something else uh, came into play.
1: From the home of the 17-time world champion Lakers at LA Live.
2: At the end of the day, either the Westbrook deal will deliver for the Lakers and obviously put themselves in a position to win an NBA championship, or I'm going to be eating crow, but I'll take my chances on
1: that. Lakers, Lakers Talk, talk is, is on. on. Here's Alan Sliwa. All
2: right, if you miss any part of the show, one hour in the books, one hour to go. ESPN app or on iTunes, just uh, search Lakers Talk with Alan Slewa. Always get the full two hours. Thank you, everybody, tuning in live, and then obviously thank you to those who are driving around Southern California or listening on the app. Um, okay, so... A uh, couple things here to get into on the NBA front. Let me throw it over to Michael Funches. He could take it from here.
0: All right, like we were mentioning earlier, I think about half the NBA had their media days today.
2: Yeah, including yeah, a lot, the Clippers,
0: including the Clippers down the hall, and um, Kawhi was there. Surprisingly, you didn't think he was going to be at his the media day because of his injury situation. I mean, he's not going to be playing. Probably won't be playing a whole year, Allen. Um, but he did say, you know, he's the reason why he signed to Supermax is because. He, he might have a possible return this season. Because okay. uh, I wanted to play, um, you know what I mean? I mean, the best situation for me to meet was to do a one and one and then opt out and then sign a long-term five-year deal. But, I mean, it's a lot of concerns that that brings up, you know, for, for you guys and your job and then create storylines that I'm going to lead a team. So, uh, one thing, wanted to secure some money and I wanted to be able to come back uh, if I was able to this
1: year, uh, if I took the one and one I probably would not play just to be cautious and, you know, it out and took a fly here. But I'm
0: here. I'm here to be a clipper. Uh, I'm not going to another team, uh, you know, unless something, you know, drastic happens. But um, I'm here for the long run. All right, he says Kawhi says he's here for the long haul. Did you have any doubt that he was going to leave or wanted to leave at all,
2: Allen? Um, no, I didn't. I really didn't. And that's more because – there wasn't that much chatter around him leaving. You know, sometimes when when they say there's smoke, there's fire, right? And a lot of times if there's a player, uh, just use some of the players, This uh, Kyle Lowry, there was, you know, chatter that it, it felt like, hey, he might actually go to another team. DeMar DeRozan, it felt like, hey, he's not going to re-sign with the San Antonio Spurs. You never really got that from Kawhi. So I think— We never get uh, anything from Kawhi. But I think that silence said a lot that nobody really expected him to go anywhere. So I think it's going to. I, I think it's interesting that he says he didn't sign um, a one-year deal because some of that had to do with um, the way it would be perceived, the storylines that would have come out. That's that actually that surprises me a little bit. I, I think you know for him, I get that there could be storylines, but. You know, he could always shut down those storylines, saying, "This is just a business move. I'm going to sign a one-year deal with a one-year option, and then when I get the opportunity, I'm going to go ahead and sign that five-year max." He could shut everybody up doing with that. I I think, I think sometimes the business side. um, You know, let me use this as an example. Steve Ballmer has not shown that he's not willing to make the Clippers competitive. Now, whether you know how successful he can be. Um, they have not won an NBA championship. I don't think anybody's going to question Steve Ballmer is counting uh, pennies, and, you know he's a uh, he doesn't have interest in winning. I think he's shown that. So I'm surprised that that Kawhi would have a little bit of influence from not wanting the media to kind of take a story run with. I'll, I'll say this, you know, Funch about the Clippers. Let's see what happens with Kawhi. Maybe he's able to come back in April. Maybe he's able to come back before the playoffs start. And if he is, the reality is they'll be one of the top teams in the Western Conference. I still think they'll be competitive, but, you know, can you really be that competitive without Kawhi in a long stretch? That's going to be tough. I'll just
0: say this. If they have no Kawhi for a majority of the season, I think they're going to be anywhere from a sixth to an eighth seed in the West. If if they have Kawhi and he returns, you know, obviously those that might go you know higher, obviously.
2: Okay, let, let me list out the teams, okay? You tell me which team is better against the Clippers, right? All right. Utah or the Clippers? Without Kawhi. Well, without Kawhi? Kawhi. <sighs> mm-hmm.
0: Utah.
2: Utah's a better team. Phoenix or the Clippers? Phoenix. We saw it. Phoenix is the better team. Lakers or the Clippers? Lakers. Okay, obviously. there's three right there. Denver or the or the Clippers?
0: Denver. Oh, man. I, uh...
2: I think it's Denver. Okay, yeah.
0: Denver, yeah. Without,
2: without Kawhi.
0: Without, without Kawhi. Kawhi, with right? Kawhi.
2: Okay, there's four. Let's keep going. Dallas or the Clippers? Definitely Dallas. Dallas took them seven games. Yeah, we're with, not, with we're Kawhi. We're there. Kawhi, Kawhi okay, had to bail them out. <laughs> right, that's five teams. Who am I missing? Um, Golden State. I, okay, Golden State Warriors. No question War, about yeah, it. Yeah, Warriors. Really. No doubt. So I, I think you know where you're going to see the Clippers the Clippers are going to be on the level of like a Portland Trailblazers team there you um, go. they're going to be on that type of level without Kawhi without Kawhi right now if Kawhi comes back a lot of those teams that I mentioned I would take Kawhi over those teams or I would take the Clippers over those teams we just don't know when Kawhi is going to come back
0: all right Slee we'll move over to the next one Giannis uh, Greek Freak says he's not satisfied after winning the title okay Giannis says uh, are we satisfied I'm not satisfied I'm not even close to being satisfied that's the tone we have to set has a team has the leader of this team that's the tone I'm going to set we understand that teams are coming for us but we're going to be ready now Alan dude that's what, how I want my superstar to talk right there
2: I, I love it and you know th- there's something about as much as I can sit here and say well you know the Bucks won a championship because Brooklyn was injured Phoenix got to the finals because AD went down and Kawhi Leonard got injured we could sit here. I mean, I, I go through a laundry yeah, list, and 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 the Golden State Warriors, Clay wasn't. I could do all that. It's all irrelevant when the dust settles because every single year in every single sport, you got to have a little bit of luck, and unfortunately, injuries are a part of the game. Giannis Attentacumpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. Funches, doesn't it seem like there's got to be such a burden lifted off his shoulders, off Bolden Boldenholder? Can't even pronounce his last Bud name.
0: Boldenholder or but no.
2: Bullenhosers' um, uh, shoulders and Chris Middleton's shoulders and Drew Holiday's shoulders. These guys, I don't want to say they're playing with house money this upcoming season, but, bro, you got one. You got one. You know, when when you got that one, now all of a sudden – You know, you're going to come back even more confident than you have. Wait, we've been in this predicament before. We've been in this situation before. We won an NBA championship. Giannis was so amazing in that final game where they clinched. Um, Yes, I love it. I love what Giannis just said. Do I realistically think if the Brooklyn Nets are healthy that the Milwaukee Bucks can beat the Brooklyn Nets? No, I do not. I I really genuinely don't think they can beat them. But, you know, what do you got to lose? You already got one. You got a championship. So you don't have to uh, – not everything's riding on this one year. And I like Giannis saying that he's uh, – by the way, did you see some of his – I think the Bucks put out a video. The dude was warming up. He's back in the gym. Yeah, yeah. What, what is that? What is that, dude? I mean, when I see this guy warming up, of course he has his shirt off. I'm like, I'm going to put on a sweater. I'm going to put on a You know, I'm going to
0: go, right go Michael Thompson one time right now. Do, do you see his arms? Do you see the size of his arms? Stupid. Stupid. Really? Really? I know. Um, so we'll go on to the next one. Uh, Denver's Michael Porter Jr. just uh, signed an extension for five years, $207 million. And I, I don't know, Allen. I mean, I didn't think he was worth $200 million. Did you think he's worth the two hundred million dollars?
2: Okay, so I think you know from what I understood from the report is it could be up to two hundred and seven million dollars, um, five year rookie max. So he's going to get the five year rookie max of one hundred and seventy two million, if he makes of one of three one of the three all NBA teams this season. I think that's when it could go up to two hundred seven. So he's got to hit. There's some things he's going to have to hit for it to get to 200. That's well, a good chance he might
0: make the third team. I mean, he did average 19 points last year on 54% shooting. That's good enough to get it to on a third team, I think. Okay,
2: so I'm a big fan of Michael Porter Jr., okay, a big fan. And it's funny, a year ago, I want to say, um, you know, Michael, Michael was talking a lot about Michael Porter Jr., but he was talking about him. I almost thought you know, he was overvaluing him. I'm like, damn, I mean, is Michael Porter really this good? This is when Jeremy Grant was still on Denver, and yeah, Jeremy Grant yeah. had a fantastic playoff run, right? Um, and then they went out and they just paid Aaron Gordon. Remember, just, well, I yeah. think a week ago we were talking about them paying Aaron Gordon. So now they're coming out playing Michael Porter Jr. If you'd have told me Michael Porter Jr. made $110 million over five years, he just signed that type of a deal – I would tell you, damn, that's a great contract. Good for Michael Porter Jr. Love it. That's a smart move. That's crazy. This dude's about to get $207 million. But let me put that to the side for a quick second. I really, really, really like what Denver's doing. I really like you're what gonna the be Denver Nuggets are doing. They're going to be a force. Here's, here's, here's the beauty if you're a Denver Nuggets fan. They're not just going to be a force, and they're all in this year. These dudes are young, yeah, incredibly young. So you can have a five-year plan with the with the Denver Nuggets and say, if we bring back Jamal Murray and Jokic and Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon, we find some other players that we can kind of support the rest of our roster with. uh, You got listen. At some point, the Lakers are gonna, you know, LeBron James can't can't do what he's doing forever. Um, They are going to be one of those teams that are hanging in with every team in the Western Conference, and they'll have a shot. They'll, they'll I really think they're going to have a shot to come out of the Western Conference over the next few years. And as much as they're going to pay Michael Porter Jr., uh, you know, you and I can have our opinion on that. The mere fact that they're building the way they're building, I'm a fan of it.
0: Uh, their top four players, uh, Nikolai Jokic, uh, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, they're all – in her early 20s to mid-20s. So not only are they going to be a force this season, next season, they're going to be a force for like the next five years to keep these they, guys together.
2: That's how you do it, right? If you're one of those teams where you're not going to go out and, and be able to kind of um, attract real superstars, they're building from within, they're paying those guys. And listen, we saw it. Lakers saw it. A year ago today, the Lakers beat the Denver Nuggets to advance to the NBA Finals and, and face the Miami Heat. That Denver team, you know what was missing in that Denver team? Experience. Yeah, experience. That's what exactly. was missing.
0: Exactly. Okay,
2: go through a couple years. Go through the ups and downs. Go through the grind. Jamal Murray, get him back. Let's see what the Denver Nuggets can do. But that's that could be a team to, to reckon with over the next few years. All right,
0: quickly to the last one. Jason Kidd, new uh, Mavericks head coach Jason Kidd, says Luka Doncic needs to rely on his teammates. Kidd says, I don't know if anyone told Picasso that he – has to use all of his paints, but I just want to remind him that he can rely on his teammates. His teammates are going to be there to help him. I'm very excited to have this opportunity to work with a young Picasso whose paintings have been incredible up to this point and are only going to get better. Uh, Sliwa, do, do Dallas, did do, do that Mavericks need somebody else other than Luka? Or could they win, you know, with the guys around him?
2: All right, let me, let me break down what Jason Kidd is saying. Um, Jason Kidd was one of the best point guards to ever play the game. And... He can make a team that. Remember that New Jersey team he took to the finals. Oh Richard yeah, Jefferson was on the team. Keith Van Horn, Richard Jefferson, Kerry Kittles. Okay. Exactly. He can he can make do as best as he can with that type of squad. Um, there comes a point where you're going to face a team like Jason Kidd did against the Lakers, and you know what? Ultimately was going to win talent. Superstars are going to win.
0: When it gets swept, they got swept in that finals too. Lucas is Lucas is a superstar.
2: We we're gonna get into those rankings, those rankings that come out, and everybody goes crazy every time they see him. Luca, I think was fourth on that list, maybe fifth, something like that. Okay, top five in the NBA. Um, Luca's so good, Funch. He is so good. So took good. Took the Clippers, took the Clippers seven games, bro. I don't want to hear about Picasso and painters and all that stuff. Get the dude some talent around him, okay? As much as you want to, you know, sit back and say he's got to rely on his uh, teammates, he's got to do all that. He's right. You know what? You do got to rely on your teammates. But you also got to have talent. The second-best player on their team can't be Tim Hardaway Jr. And, you know, there's Damn, been already – no,
0: no, Porzingis
2: live, man? Jeez. No, no, not enough. Porzingis, if he's the third-best player on a championship team, you got something. If he's the third-best player on Dallas's team, you got something. If he's not and he's the second-best player, they're going to be one and out, maybe at best a second round and they're gone. Luka can only do so much. I hear Jason Kidd. They need more talent. All right, we uh, we got uh, uh, Michael – or. I almost said Michael Turner. Brad Turner from the L.A. Times coming up next. He covers the Lakers for the L.A. Times. Uh, got a lot of stuff I want to get into. him. Let's ask, get his opinion on a potential starting lineup for the Lakers. Does he think the Lakers should look more at Talon, Horton Tucker? Um, what can we expect here in the preseason? So all that coming up next. Brad Turner will take more of your phone calls at 830. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We'll have Brad Turner from the LA Times on here uh, shortly. Um, Lakers taking on the Brooklyn Nets on Sunday. Yes. The Los Angeles Lakers taking on the Brooklyn Nets uh, this upcoming Sunday. That means the 2021-2022 season is going to be underway. Media day tomorrow. You hear a lot of these promos that have been running today and certainly during the show. Um, 10 to noon is Media Day, so right in the heart of my show with Travis Rogers. So we'll get a chance to obviously connect with a lot of these Laker players. All right, welcoming in uh, Brad Turner from the L.A. Times. Uh, BT, first of all, uh, great to connect with you. I know it's been a while, and I just uh, – are you ready? I mean, are you ready for the 82-game the grind, 88-game grind, and the playoffs? You ready to get back to work?
1: Well, the first thing I got to say is, bonsoir, c'est va? <laughs> i'm baby for patty yes i'm ready are you kidding me uh, i
2: like it i am like ready
1: for all of this
2: so for those who uh who don't know but i think a lot of people know bt you do some uh you do some international traveling in the uh in the off season which is fantastic and the beauty is we got to live through you uh over <laughs> the uh over the summer through through twitter and i think instagram as well but um, how long were you How long were you out in... I know you were in France. Where, where else did you go?
1: Alan, I was in Paris for 34 days. Look at I went you. to Bordeaux for a couple of days to do some wine tasting. Then I okay. came back to Paris. Mm-hmm. I went out to Rheims, Hans. Mm-hmm. It's spelled R-E-I-M-S, but it's pronounced I think Hans. To do some champagne tasting. <laughs> I came back to Paris. I went to Amsterdam for three days. To hang out with some friends, then yep. I came back right to Paris again. So I was uh I was living my best life. Best yeah, no. life that you can live, believe me.
2: Listen, B T, you're my idol. And you know, forget <laughs> who else we connect with during the Lakers season. It's it. you're you're my idol. You're you're who I'm striving to be. Um okay. So we we start with Lakers Media Day tomorrow and
3: you know, yes. kinda
2: of get your thoughts on a couple things here. Um yeah, I guess as the dust settles, and I know it's super early, but there was a good article that came out of the Athletic, and I referenced it a couple times today. Sham Sharani, Sam Amick, Bill Orm, all fantastic at, at the job they do. And one of uh, one of the uh, topics you can say was conversation about starting lineup. Now, I still think it's you know so incredibly early. Do, do you think Lakers during the regular season will use Anthony Davis at the five? Ask him to play the five more. Is that Uh, and LeBron to play the four, do you think that's a priority as we come into this season? Or do you think kind of the way they've done it in the past, AD will play the five when he needs to, primarily if it's in the playoffs, but it's not going to be, you know, uh, uh, kind of an all-in thing in an 82-game grind. How do you think the Lakers approach that specifically?
1: Well, you know, I'll start with when Russell first talked with LeBron and AD and Derek Daly when he was still on the team. Well, he was a free agent then. The conversation sort of went about Russell trying to fit in. You know, something I wrote about back in August. And then he was, I guess I want to win, was what Russell said. Then the conversation turned to AD. If it's required of you to play center, to start as center, will you do it? His answer was, yes, I will start as center if that's what requires of me. Then it turned to LeBron James. If you're asked to pay power forward because that's best for the team, best for the group, will you do that? His answer was yes, because we now have a proving point guard playmaker with Russell. If he joins this team, well, Russell's on the team now. So the conversation was already had among the three of them on what's the best way to use the top two players on the team. LeBron and AD, and they both were in line with that. Now, you, you obviously have Dwight there. You obviously have Giannis Jordan there. The conversation now shifts a little bit more, and because the Lakers lost two great wing players on defense, KCP and Caruso, the defense now, I think, plays from inside out. Meaning rim protection versus wing defenders, mm-hmm. and let's be honest, Dennis Schroder was also a pretty good defender. They don't have that right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trevor Reva is—I think he's a good wing defender. You know, he's—you know—not the great athlete he once was. You know, so, what does the defense be at its strongest point at, and how do you get that? Is it with AD Penn starting at center, or would it be with A D playing power forward, the Brian Penn small forward, and starting either the White Howard or DeAndre Jordan where you have rim protection? But with the way the league is played right now, with all of the pick and rolls, three point shooting, penetrates, live passes, Outside, I mean, outside shooting and three-point shooting is key in this game. So it's a tough decision to have to make. But look, if we look at Milwaukee, mm-hmm. they started with Brook Lopez, right? Sure. As center. Sure. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to the time to win games, mm-hmm. you basically had Giannis playing center. and he was damn good at it.
2: Well, B- BT and I, I think I'm, that's. I'm trying yeah. to believe that that
1: it's, it's going to be. It means a lot. Of, they have options, and mm-hmm. I think a lot will be based on just, you know, what's going to be that best defensive team.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I think BT with that, uh, I, I think there's. You can make a case. You could definitely make an argument that hey, AD at the five that gets like. i I'll, all I, all I say to this when I hear that conversation is, I think I'm more of the. I like what they did a year ago when it was. Uh, Dwight, and it was JaVale, and also with the, always the caveat, hey, if AD needs to play the five, AD plays the five. Simple as that. I think in an 88-game grind, um, do I think it's you know necessary to have AD at the five in every single game? I, I don't think it's necessary and I, I don't know, you know, they have two seven footers that can kind of make sure to kinda of help with that load, but we'll see how things uh how things play out and I, I think that's gonna be kind of an interesting conversation. Just, just to kind of stay with this um starting lineup kind of uh, um, from a from a starter's perspective. I think T H T has a shot of, of being a starter or and if you don't think he, he's got a shot, what kind of how much do you think the Lakers will depend on THC? What are they expecting from a 20-year-old in a championship type mm-hmm. of season? What, what, what do you think we could expect from THC, and what do you think they expect from him?
1: You know, I just don't foresee him being a starter because with that group, you need someone that can stretch the floor and someone that can shoot the ball, right? Russell penetrates. He gets to the rack, he be really, he can shoot it pretty well, but you wouldn't really want him, you know, let's say 18 feet in. The of his best getting to the basket. If you have it off, and what does Taylor do? Get to the basket. Mm-hmm. You need someone that can not only be a threat, but can make outside shots. That's why I don't foresee Taylor being a starter. He may be the key six man off the bench, but you just got to be able to open a court up so you can be your most effective during the course of a game.
2: Mm. Uh, Brad Turner taking some time to join. uh, uh, Brad Turner from the LA Times taking some time to join Lakers talk. Um, Lakers media day starts tomorrow. You can actually hear all our coverage right here, 10 to noon. Uh, Travis and I will do our show from 10 to uh, to one. Um, BT, I, I was in, in, I'm was i curious to know how much you know about this, but multiple sources reading today told The Athletic that Coach Vogel's extension um, that was announced back on August 6th added only one year to his contract, securing him through the 2022-2023 season. Um, your thoughts on, on Coach, if, if it was a one-year extension, do you think that you know, strategically, is the right move specifically, specifically because it aligns with LeBron's contract and it aligns with Russell Westbrook's contract. Or you think uh, you think Vogel should have been uh, thought of uh, uh, beyond just those two years that are left in front of him?
1: And look, Frank Vogel won an NBA championship his very first year coaching the Lakers. If that's not enough to get you a longer extension, then I don't know what is. I think he's deserving of hmm. a long extension. There's, and look, he's a very, he's a damn good coach. Okay, great defensive coach, and he communicates well. I just think that, and, and, and on top of that, Allen, he's a damn good person. That's a good man. So when you add all, all those things together, I think just to be fair, he deserves more than that. But. I don't make those decisions. I don't sign those checks, but if I did, I would have given him more years than that, not just to align with a bronze contract when it ends or Russell when it ends. They still have a guy there by the name of Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. He'll still be there unless you trade him. You're not going to do that. So I think he deserves more, but if it's in fact, True that is only one more year, then Frank Bogle would not complain he would do his job.
2: Hmm. Um, Brad Turner from the LA Times covers the Lakers for the l a Times, uh, taking some time to join Lakers' talk um, b t it's you know, I think one of the bigger storylines are going to come out this year, obviously the addition of Russell Westbrook with the Lakers, and there were a lot of reports about how bad Russell Westbrook wanted to be a Los Angeles Laker. And, you know, I I think for those, there's two camps right now on the Westbrook front, which I think most of them are optimistic. They're positive. Here's a playmaker. Here's somebody that could take some of the pressure off LeBron James when it comes to uh, orchestrating things. I mean, you and I saw it so much Uh, since LeBron has been a Laker. When that guy goes to the bench, it's really tough for the Lakers to kind of um, uh, still excel. There's so much – they depend so much on LBJ to really do everything. Russ is – First season with the Lake show. Um, how much do you, you think this is going to be a, a challenge for him, adjustment-wise? Do you think it's a challenge for him to accept third fiddle on a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis, or do you think right when the ball is you know tipped off from the get-go on Sunday, he thrives in this role and and finds a way to be uh, obviously an asset to the Lakers and help win champ- championship number eighteen? You know, that's
1: a good question. I mean, Russell only knows how to play one way. And I would think if the conversation goes such that Biden AD telling him, Russ, play your game. Play the way you always play. You know how to play this game. You know how to play it the right way. And things will work out that way. Don't pull back any at all. I mean, obviously, he's got to be smarter at times. At times, we just can't jack up shots. But Russell knows that. He's a very intelligent individual. And as I wrote all the way back in August when the trade was made, Russell's response was I want to win games. Hmm. I want to win the NBA championship. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. If it means paying off the ball at times, so LeBron has the basketball, I will do that. So I don't worry about Russell. And I think he finds a way to actually fit in with the group. It won't be easy. It'll take some time. And there may be moments where we're going, what's wrong with Russell? Why isn't he that same revved up 1,000 mile per hour guy? And it could be strategic. But him trying to figure out how do I play the right way with Mm -hmm. the blind and AD. But I I think it's going to work out. The one thing I know about Russell Westbrook, Mm he will play hard all the time.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I know a lot of Laker fans are looking forward to seeing him. Uh, Final one, BT, and again, I always appreciate your time. Um, ESPN did their top 100 NBA players, and I know this always gets uh, people love kind of seeing, okay, well, who's uh, who's in the top 10, who's in the top 20, who's in the top five? AD hit at number nine, and a year ago, AD Ooh. was at number two. Uh, listen, I, it's – we can sit here and try to make arguments, this player, more important, that, availability, injuries, all that stuff. If the Lakers are going to win uh, championship number 18 this year, where does AD have to be amongst the greats in the NBA? What kind of season is he going to have to have if the Lakers win
1: another one? So, number one, he has to be healthy. And if he's healthy and his body is holding up, then I think he ends up playing great basketball because we've seen him play his best when his body does not betray him. So it starts there. And where does he need to be? AD can be one of the best, can be, has been one of the best two-way players in the league. If he continues to be that player that we can, that plays defense, that can score in a block, that can sc- get the ball and go to the hoop with it, can shoot threes, then they have a good chance to win. He just needs to be the best version of Anthony Davis that we've seen, especially the year they won the championship. But he has to be healthy to do those things.
2: BT, always appreciate the time, my man. Enjoy uh, the rest of your night. I'm sure we'll get a chance to uh, hear each other and see each other in some of this uh, media day stuff. So thank you for the time,
1: buddy. You know what's great about this? We didn't say one word about Michael Thompson. Hold on, I just did. Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: that is fantastic. Thanks, well, Alex. actually, hey, we'll see you on Sunday at the Lakers uh, Brooklyn Nets preseason game. Absolutely. IBT. Thank you, brother. That's uh, Brad Turner there from the LA Times. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to play off of something. There's a reason why I wanted to ask that last question about AD's rank and this and that. So, ESPN did their top 100. This happened late last week. Um, AD ranked at number nine. Russell Westbrook ranked at number 29. LeBron ranked at number three. I have some thoughts on a couple of these. One player that I really don't care where they're ranked. A couple others that I think it's going to be important to see what they do this upcoming year. We'll do that coming up next. If you want to be a part of Lakers Talk... Any of these topics that we've hit on so far. Lakers starting lineup, what that should look like. Should AD play the five? Coach Vogel, you hear, you heard um, uh, Brad Turmer say, uh, Vogel deserves a longer extension if it's disrespectful that he can get a longer extension. 877 espn This is Lakers Talk on ESPN LA.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: Got a chance to uh, join Jim Hill this Saturday. Talk a little Lakers basketball on uh, on his Sports Central. That's some strong uh, praise uh, from Jim Hill,
0: does. man. That's some strong praise, you.
2: Yeah, Jim Hill. First of all, that dude is just the best in the business. He really, really is. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I spent having a Brad Turner, having that conversation with BT. Um, you know, a couple things came from that and um, I, I spent you know some time last week doing this ESPN. They ranked the top 100 players and I, I always you know, I was taken with a grain of salt. Sometimes I think that uh, you know some of these rankings and power rankings it might be a little curveball in the mix. Maybe gets you uh, create some storylines. Believe it or not, I think that's part of the mix. But I actually, you know, seeing where each one of these players were ranked, and I'm talking about the Lakers' big three, Russ was at 29. Last year he was 36, so moves up a couple slots. Um, you know, one of the things Russell Westbrook's not going to have to worry about this upcoming season, he's not going to have to worry about everything on his shoulders. We know that. Um, Russell Westbrook's going to be third fiddle on this Lakers team, and that's not disrespectful. That's because you have LeBron and Anthony Davis on your squad, so I think it's going to work so much to to um, Russell Westbrook's benefit that not everything is going to be on his shoulders. That he's not even the second best player on this team; he's the third best player on a championship team. Uh, has averaged three of the last four seasons a triple double. We know what he could do for this Lakers team, and it's uh, it's necessary what he provides for the Lakers, especially with LeBron James and the playmaking part giving LBJ some time to uh, take a breather and not have everything on his shoulders. Um, The LeBron James piece, LBJ was ranked third in this. uh, He was number one last season. Now he's third, so he dropped from number one to number three. KD was first. Giannis was second. You put LeBron at three. Maybe see some people want to complain about me. They say, well, why isn't LeBron first? Why is he I thought Travis Rogers doing the show with him in the morning. I thought Travis had such a great point. This was on Friday. He said, can you just stop for a second and think LeBron, even at this stage of his career, is still top five in the NBA, which he's 100% right. I'll even take it a step further. I really don't care where LeBron lives on this list because I know what LeBron's going to do on a night-in, night-out basis. That's what LeBron does. LeBron James has been um, not only uh, the best player in the world for X amount of years, uh, every single season, even last year before he got injured, we're talking about him being most valuable player. So I, I'm not worried about LBJ. The question that I look at, and this is what BT was just explaining, Brad Turner from the LA Times, where is Anthony Davis? And I think for everybody, you know, YAD dropped from number two on the list last season to number nine this year. So, in one season, drops X amount of spots. um, It just comes down to availability. That's it, nothing else. Because when Anthony Davis is available, um, everybody knows how good of a player he is, how effective of a basketball player he is, how dominant of a player he is on both sides of the floor. But it just comes down to his availability. Now, one of the things that I'm hoping for, and we've heard a couple quotes. Vogel had a quote on this. He was on last week on Spectrum Sportsnet, and there was a quote that came out about um, how AD just looks a certain way when he walks into the Lakers' training facility. I don't know if he's referring to, and we'll get a chance, you know, obviously to see him here uh, this week or so. I don't know is he referring to put on you know some some mass did he put on some weight is Anthony Davis I was you know you, you watch AD part of the reason what makes him so special is he's um, he he basically is uh, he's almost a guard in a 611 body right he can bring the ball up the floor he's just got such an un- uncanny um, knack for the game on both sides of the ball if AD's a top 5 player in the NBA this year if he's a top five, a top 3 player in the NBA uh, NBA this year, um, if he's that high of a rank of an NBA player this upcoming season and he's available and he's healthy all through the year, uh, it's going to be such a challenge for the entire league to keep up with the Lakers, period. And that's going to be the qu- biggest question, Mark. I think, Funt, did you tell me you have that sound of yeah, we got Coach the sound Vogel, from Vogel describing about, AD? Yes, okay. we got it. Let, let, let's take a listen.
0: He put a lot of work this off yeah. season into his body. You know, a lot of work. And uh, we had a, we had a moment, uh, uh, maybe a, maybe two weeks ago, where um, you know he had been at training at home. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we had a lot of conversations about you know these are some concerns we have with our team. We think we're gonna be good here. I think we're gonna good there. And then he comes in for for the workout. It's the first time we had kind of seen him for a while, and his body looked imposing. And we all just looked at each other like we're gonna be really good this year. <laughs> Just looking at that exactly guy right there, Coach. Like, we're going to be really good this year. All
2: right, that's Allie Clifton you hear in the background, Spectrum Sportsnet. So, um, you know, when I hear that, you know, Funches, I'll, I'll kind of get your opinion on this. When you hear that from Coach, look, I, I don't think Coach is trying to raw rah anybody. I know There isn't a, there's a reason for him to. I think he only says this if he genuinely means it, and that means Anthony Davis probably did some work this offseason. And, and listen, there's some reasons why he would. A, uh, you're going into – you're going to be 28 – or you're 28 years old, you're walking into your prime. B, there was a very disappointing season last year, and this was you coming off a championship the re- year prior, and you actually had a normal offseason where he can work on things and get healthy. Um, what what do you when, – when you hear that, you kind of start thinking, uh, are, are we on um, the precipice of potentially seeing Anthony Davis have his best season that we've ever seen? If he
0: – Looks like what Vogel says. I think we're gonna see AD probably in a top three candidates for MVP because if that's all we that's all AD needed to do, stay healthy and maybe get, gain a little bit more muscle, gain
2: a little weight, yeah, yeah a little gain a little muscle.
0: muscle. You know, mm-hmm. I I'm pretty sure tomorrow when you see AD with the Laker uniform on and his guns out, we are gonna see more muscle and you know we're, it, it means that he's gonna dis, destroy the league.
2: Isn't isn't that funny cuz when I said when LeBron is top 3 and people want I I'm not even paying attention to LeBron because we've seen LeBron. This will be his 19th season in the freaking NBA and he's never disappointed ever. Every single season, every single game, LeBron James doesn't disappoint. That doesn't mean he doesn't have bad games. That doesn't mean that he doesn't miss free throws when he needs a free throw. That doesn't mean, you know, Um, he's never going to get injured. It just means that more often than not, much more often than not, LBJ delivers. The AD part that you just said right there, Funch, you said that that means he's going to be in the conversation. If he's in the conversation for MVP, I've said this, this will be the third year in a row that I say it. I was wrong the first two years. That it's not about LeBron in the conversation for MVP. It's about AD for the conversation of MVP because – If AD is in that conversation, um, that means the Lakers are on their way to another championship. We'll obviously have to wait and see, but uh, just kind of hearing him him and just hearing Coach Vogel describe what he's already seen, that's got to make Laker fans uh, up. Let me ask you one more
0: question, Alan. Does AD have to be the Lakers' best player for the Lakers to win a championship this year?
2: So I think he's the most important player, if that makes sense. When I say most important player, what I'm referring to there is – He is the guy that is locking down dudes on the defensive side, that Lakers are funneling everything to him. And, you know, in key games, he's got two blocks or three blocks. And, oh, by the way, here's 14 rebounds. And he just controls the game on both sides. He's the most important player. When Lakers were eliminated by – when he went down against the Phoenix Suns, Funch, and and this would be the same thing with LeBron James, but when he went down, when I say – I mean, it was – that was it. It was a wrap. That's how impactful he can be for the Lakers. So to answer your question, does he have to be the best player? No, but I think he's the most important player. I, I think there's there's two ways of looking at it. I think you could still be the most important player without being the best player. Um, okay. I know we got to go to break here, and I still have not got into an hour and 45 minutes into the show. And if you not have not got a chance to hear Dennis Schroeder, former Los Angeles Laker, who was at Celtics Media Day, talk about the Lakers and talk about what happened in the offseason, wants to kind of clear the air a little bit. I'll play that when we come back. Uh, stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, Lakers uh, taking on the Brooklyn Nets. That's coming up on Sunday. First preseason game for the Lakers. They'll play six preseason games, 82-game grind, and then the obviously marks to try and get championship number 18 uh, will begin. It's going to start tomorrow, media day tomorrow. So um, if you don't know, Lakers media day tomorrow is from 10 a.m. to noon. Travis and uh, Travis Rogers and I will be doing our show and we'll have all your coverage. Our show will go till one o'clock and then obviously Mason and Ireland after that. Sedano and Cap So uh, a lot of Lakers coverage tomorrow plus Dodgers final week of the season. So we got a lot going on. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Um, so I want to play something here. Uh, Dennis Schroder, a former Los Angeles Laker. I thought this was uh, interesting. you know he had his media day uh, today with the Boston Celtics. And I, I want to play something on specifically him addressing not really fitting with the Lakers and, and why he didn't ultimately come back.
3: They wanted to talk, and at uh, the end of the day, you know, me and my agent decided not to, you know, um, sign their contract. And at um, the end of the day, I feel like for me personally, I got to be. I got to be comfortable um, in the environment I'm in and I love the Lakers organization and uh, they did, you know, great things. Um, but I think for me, and that's, I mean, that's just business. I don't think I fit it, fit it in, you know, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, you play with uh, LeBron and AD, that's two of the best players in the, in the NBA. Um, and I don't think uh, I gave him, you know, everything uh, what I bring to the table. And um, I mean, for me, my family, you know, we signed. Uh, I mean, I signed a pretty good contract uh, after my fourth year and um, my family and myself, uh, we, we going to be good. Um, and, um, you know, I'm 28 years old and uh, I'm a still, you know, playing the NBA uh, for a long time. and um, Money is not everything um, at all times. I want to be, you know, comfortable in the situation where I know people appreciate me.
2: All right, that's uh, Dennis Schroeder right there, so former Los Angeles Laker.
1: Yeah, kind of a lot
2: to take away from that. To be honest with you, I think he's being incredibly honest. The portion that he says um, that he didn't think he fit, uh, I don't disagree. He says, I don't think I fit in 100%. You play with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, two of the best players in the NBA, and I don't think I gave them everything, what I bring to the table. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I disagree with him. You know, I, I don't know if uh, – le- let me let me backtrack here. A lot of the offseason was people talking about how Dennis Schroeder obviously made a critical mistake not signing with the Lakers and how much money he left on the table, and he probably lost – there was reports that the Lakers were offering four years, $84 million. He got a one-year contract for under $6 million. So it's obvious from a business perspective how um, it did not pan out the way he thought it was going to pan out in the offseason. But when the Lakers were eliminated, kind of went out of my way to talk about how I did not want the Lakers to come back with the same team. I didn't like it. I felt like something, you know, if, if they came back and it was still Dennis Schroeder and it was still Kyle Kuzma and it was still uh, Montrezl Harrell, that I don't know how much would have changed. I don't know if the Lakers, if uh, they would be in a position to go out and win an NBA championship. So, um Dennis Schroeder explaining his perspective and getting a chance to do it. Obviously, that question is going to come up during media day, just like for the Philadelphia 76ers. The question is going to come up about Ben Simmons. Uh, this is the day that questions like that are going to come up, and then they'll come up less and less until the Lakers actually face the Celtics, and, and he gets hit he gets hit with those questions again. But I don't think I disagree with him that it wasn't a fit. I you know I, I don't know if, if this is the right way to put it. Did the – had somebody tweet at me, uh, you know, if the Lakers dodged a bullet with Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, they probably did. I, I you know, I, I think in the NBA, any contract that you have, especially that age, I think Schroeder's twenty seven, you could always trade him. It's not like um we've seen plenty of examples of that in the NBA. Um but I don't think Dennis Schroeder was a perfect fit for the Lakers. And frankly a lot of st- a lot of the stuff that he said and even went into um that, you know, they decided not to sign a contract uh, the extension that was rumored because I didn't think it was a good fit. I think for the Lakers that's a benefit to them and now it's up to Dennis Schroeder to go out there, have a good season and we'll see what he does and see see if he gets other contract opportunities. Um I've mentioned a um a specific article a number of times in tonight's show. The athletic Bill Orem, uh, Sam Amick and uh Sam Amick and Sham Sharani all Um, did an article together, and a couple of pieces that came out from the starting lineup, potentially, from Coach Vogel. It's reported that he signed a one-year extension. Another piece that came out that the Lakers were reportedly targeting Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal before Russell Westbrook. So you kind of felt like the Lakers were going to go big game hunting. And if they were able to do it, there's a lot in that article about DeMar DeRozan, that there was some thought maybe DeMar DeRozan, Lakers, can make a fit there. And there was also thought that Buddy Heald was about to happen, that the Sacramento Kings were heated, heated that that trade didn't go down with the Sacramento Kings, Buddy Heald, and Montrez Harrell, and Kyle Kuzma, um, because they thought they were at the finish line. And the Lakers eventually found a way and settled, settled for Russell Westbrook. When I say settled, I'm making it sound like I'm under, underselling it and I'm not trying to. Um, Russell Westbrook was a big part to do with why he's on the Lakers. There was, you know, part of the story talked about how bad he wanted to be a Los Angeles Laker, and when that deal was about to go down with the Kings, um, when the rumors were coming down that he personally called the owner of the Washington Wizards and basically asked him to do him a favor to control the situation was one of the quotes that came out of the article. Um, and Brad Turner kind of talked about this as well. I, talked, I I was asking BT, how much of a concern do you have of the Russell Westbrook fit, so forth, this, that? I, I think him and I are on the same page. The dude wants to win. That's his biggest priority. He wants to win. And I think that's, you know, the most important thing that you got a talented player that's at a stage of his career where winning is the most important thing. And I think a lot of Laker fans... Um, you know, starting tomorrow, and we're going to get a chance to hear from Russell Westbrook of what that sacrifice is going to look like, what this is all going to kind of pan out to be, what his role is going to be. And then the beauty is coming up Sunday, Lakers and the Nets. I'm not saying Lakers are going to go out and play everybody, but they'll finally get a chance to see some basketball and see how this thing uh, is all structured. Any part of the two hours that you missed? Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa on the ESPN app or on iTunes. You could download that podcast, listen to that full interview with Brad Turner. Tomorrow is Lakers Media Day. Make sure you stay with 710 ESPN. Don't forget, Travis Rogers and I will start at 10 a.m., and that is when Media Day will start. you get to hear from all the stars. LA, as always, greatly appreciate you tuning in. Have a great rest of your night.